Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of Sinking with ServiceNow. I'm your host, Andy Whiteside. I'm excited to be back with uh, the, um, let's see, uh, what were the Wonder Twins? What, what were the Wonder Twins? I know you guys know. <laughs> Wonder Twin Powers. Uh, the Super Twins the from the cartoon show. The Dynamic Duo. I know what you're talking about. I can't think of it that <laughs> Yeah, man, I used to live for that. That's back when you had to watch cartoons on Saturday morning because that's the only time they were right. on. Yeah, old days. That Dukes of Hazard. Oh man. Yeah, that that's and the Sunday summer. morning cartoons. Becky and I used to race to get the paper on Sunday mornings to get those cartoons. <laughs> I, I, I can believe. How much of an age difference is there between you two? Eight years. Eight years. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know which one's younger. So that's a good thing. <laughs> All right. So Kristen Younger. All right. Well, that's still good. I can't tell. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you look lovely. Uh, all right. I have so a baby that, uh, face. You have cute little dimples. <laughs> Kristen may have the same ones. I can't tell. Anyway, well, welcome, guys. Um, had Glad to have you guys. This is uh, October 23rd of 2023. Um, and I do my little Zintegra commercial real quick. If you're working with ServiceNow and you're not getting everything out of the platform that you feel like you should, because guess what? You're not. It's impossible. Please reach out to us. Please let us know that you're interested in talking to us. At least let us do a consult, understand what you're doing. Kristen, Becky, you guys have done probably 50 customer calls or more at this point. There's opportunity to help everybody, isn't there? Oh, there is. absolutely. Yeah. And you guys have both come from other partners along the way. I mean, we truly, truly, truly want to find ways to add value without selling them more licenses or selling them more licenses if that's what they need. But that's not our default answer. Uh, and way too often it is. All right. Well, that's our commercial. We want to work with you. We know we can do better in most cases, if not all, than what you're getting. Give us a shot. Let's just talk through it. Uh, Kristen, what's been going on? Oh, gosh. I took a week off. So coming back refreshed. Today's day one. Did you go somewhere? No, it was a staycation. I just rested and relaxed. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you not answer her text. <laughs> <laughs> now, you strike me as the type of person when you do a staycation, you get a lot of stuff done. I uh, I made a dent in my bookcase over there. <laughs> okay. So you got rid of books? Oh, no, just read through some. Oh, so. you read them. That's good. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> were you by the pool or uh, in the park or just in your room? Uh, no, a little bit all over the place and nice restaurants and by the waterfront. And, yep. Yeah. How far <laughs> do you live from the wharf? Oh, actually it's about four blocks away. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Well, not Fisherman's Wharf, but four blocks from the Ferry Building. So, yeah. You know, I was just in San Francisco and I forgot to call you and come by. I actually had COVID, so it's probably a good thing you did. <laughs> it's a good thing I didn't. Yep. All right. Well, that won't happen again. Uh, Becky, how, you, how have you been? Good. Just working. Becky White and no relation to Jason Jason Witten, even Witten. though she probably wishes there was. Yeah. <laughs> I love football. Uh favorite Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys football player of all time. Favorite player of all time. Oh gosh. Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith. Why? I just love that. Well, one, that he was a great running back and that he always contributed it to his offensive line. So every Christmas, it was always fun to hear what he gave his offensive line because he knew that they were a team and he could not get all of those yards without that team. So one year he bought them like Corvettes, another year he bought them 
watches or Rolexes and so forth. So it was always good to hear how he knew he couldn't get all of that without them helping him block. So I loved it. It's important to be that way. It really is. Um, and I think he's still doing pretty well, right? He's kept, he's really yeah. made an impact on society, which is good. Kristen, your favorite uh, Cowboys football player? <laughs> I, uh, I, I would be lucky if I could name one. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll defer to Becky on that one. <laughs> opposites, opposites there. <laughs> See, I thought all Texas folks had to be Cowboys other than the Houston people. Yeah, I like the Cowboys. I just don't follow them. <laughs> just likes to know that they won (laughs) yeah all right that's enough football talk i don't want to get too far down the road um hey um you guys brought a uh, article today to review let me share my screen and our blog for today is pulling it up pulling up already had it up uh five principles of great experiences this is from amy how do you pronounce that loki lauki from october 19th of this year uh kristen uh, why did you bring this article to review? Because it's so important as you're building out a platform and uh, replacing old tool sets or, or bringing in new features to your uh, systems and to your enterprise, that you really look at the experiences that you're creating, not just for customers, but also internally for your employees. It really helps drive adoption, helps drive satisfaction, and, and can even make uh, users more efficient on the platform. Yep. Um, would it be fair to say that in the world of SaaS applications, that uh, user acceptance and even their uh, input becomes more and more important? Yeah, I, w- I would say so. I would say even beyond SaaS, just uh, the nature of the job environment right now. You know, you've got individuals coming up in a generation that was raised on the internet and computers and mobile apps and tablets, and they expect that great consumer type experience at work as well. Yeah. Yeah. Becky, your thoughts on the overall idea here? Yeah, I think if you get ease of use and put it out there for uh, these users to make it uh, friendly, then they're going to use it. And I think that is really important. Sometimes uh, companies fail at things because they're trying to get either too much in or make it too complex. Whereas ServiceNow um, and with the portal and different things do try to help bring in that customer satisfaction and making it an ease of use um, overall, overall, whether it's the portal or the back end onto the platform, in my opinion. So you said something that uh, got me interested because I, I, you know, stumble into some of the projects you guys are working on. Do you guys have to talk customers into doing phased approaches on implementations um, or do customers already understand they can't do it all at once? It depends. <laughs> On the customer, yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they want it all, but you kind of have to get them to really, you know, crawl, walk, run, then fly. Um, it, it truly is a path that, they have to follow. Yeah. Um, of course, they would want to to get everything in that they possibly could, but then you have to look at everything that they need and how can we get them there and ha- what are those biggest pain points so that we could try to do those first and then work through the other things. Yeah, I was uh, listening to a podcast recently. I was talking about you know, the evolution towards SaaS means you can, it's more easily to adopt, but that doesn't mean you need to adopt as fast as possible, you still got to take in chunk work versus, you know, legacy client server applications where there were P 
pieces that had to go in place in certain orders. Um, and it kind of forced you to do it more slowly. Uh, I think in today's world, you could, you could really eat the elephant all in one bite, but wish you hadn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Kristen, we'll start with you. Uh, number one of the five is crafted. What are they trying to cover here? Um, well, it's just the craft of implementing software. It, it really is a creative industry. It's it's a creative job, I think. Um, ServiceNow, of course, puts their own crafting into the tool sets, and they take a lot of pride in what they create. Um, I think this particular area is also one where, as a partner, um, we really have a lot of focus here as well, because it's not just the tool set, it's how you implement it, right? And there's a lot of nuance and a lot of design that goes into making this tool set work perfectly for an individual customer and their individual needs. So I think this is a very important area. Is yeah. this where the concept of stories kicks in? I hear you guys talking about stories all the time. What, what do stories mean in the world of service now? So a story is an individual requirement, and it's not specific to ServiceNow. It uh, came along with the agile management, uh, project management methodology. So a story is an individual requirement that can be built on the platform. Yeah. Okay. Um, Becky, any example of where Crafted was a, a, played a role in a project you were on? Um, well, just... Uh, previously, I was on a project where um, they had a portal, but it was, you know, I keep going back to portals, but <laughs> um, it was not easily laid out, I guess you could say. And yeah. they had a lot of things in awkward places and so forth. So then when they switched over um, to ServiceNow, they, you know, even if they had things on SharePoint that they wanted to point to, uh, we could do that um, as well as, you know, the different knowledge bases and so forth. And um, previously, you know, what I had heard from their customers as well is things are just everywhere. You know, you have to go to the SharePoint and search. You have to go into this other, um, you know, our main portal and search for stuff. You have to find out what form number it is and then go search for it and find it. So by really thinking about how that end user could utilize it and laying things out, um, it was a real help to that particular customer, um, yeah. whether or not everything was inside ServiceNow or still things kept um, in different places, but they could go into one place and be able to search and find it and whether it took them somewhere else or it was actually in uh, service now for them. So just that kind of reorg of uh, allowing the user one place to go to really yeah. helped um, the users and feedback to come back to say, oh, this is so much easier. Well, I love that you focused on the user so much in that conversation, because I guess you're the way I was originally going to say it is your goal is to meet the needs, but actually it's the desires of the end user while accomplishing the goals of IT and the business all at the same time. That's that's the craft. It is. Yeah. All right, Becky, we'll come to you for the next one. Uh, personal. It says, uh, let me read it again. The five principles of great experience. One of them is personal. What does that mean? Um, so sorry, I'm on the fly here. <laughs> um, Kristen, help her out. What did you, what did you, what you talk about, about here? Oh, sure. So this one's about personalization. So um, I think 
one of the simplest, but I think most effective examples I've seen in ServiceNow is just the ability to personalize what columns show up in what order on your list views. That alone can make a huge productivity change a difference for a person working tickets because they can see exactly what they need to see for all their tickets all on one layout. So just something as simple as that can make a huge difference. And you see that throughout the platform. That's where you empower the end user to make these changes? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, example of where you've seen that make a big difference? Kristen? Oh, um, well, the list views for sure. Other areas could be dashboards, reporting the ability to create their own reports. Um, there are quite a few customization and personalization options on the platform. Yeah. Becky, how about you? Any uh, examples of where that made yeah, that for the customer? Uh, that and then I also go back to the portal. You can have your own logos, your own colors, your own color scheme for ServiceNow as well. So I, I do relate this back to ServiceNow a lot. Um, but just like Kristen said, the list views and what you're looking for, being able to search, um, but also seeing, you know, your uh, company's colors uh, or color scheme. Uh, throughout the project or throughout the application, as well as being able to see that logo um, is, is really important. It makes it more customized or personal. For, and I'm sorry, I don't know the answer to my own question here, but uh, for most companies, do they actually use a personal URL as well as personal branding or is it the ServiceNow URL with personal branding? So it could be both. So um, usually it is the ServiceNow um, URL. Um, but the users now can uh, utilize a different URL and have a redirect that happens. I bring that up because I'm a big fan of the idea that everything possible to brand it to the company and even give the portal a name, even though ServiceNow is the machine behind it, uh, it goes a long way towards, you know, it's one thing for me to call and say, hey, the ServiceNow portal sucks. It's another thing to call and tell my company that our portal sucks because now it's personal. Been running into that for years. All right, uh, all right, Chris. I'll let I'll come to you and then follow up with Becky. Um, resonant. What does this mean? Uh, so this is where you're trying to trigger positive emotions from your end users. So this could be a number of different things. I. Sorry to steal your thunder, Becky, but the portals are a great example of, of this because with the portals, um, again, you can e elicit that emotional experience uh, from users by just posting things that resonate with them um, personally. And then I would say other areas where this might come into play is the ability to get instant feedback or instantly connect with an agent uh, via virtual agent, just having the satisfaction of having that immediate interaction and, and that help available. Um, yeah. yeah. Becky, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, that's a great thing, thing, Kristen there. I mean, I do point back to, or keep kind of going back to the portal, but I'm thinking about that end user and really what, what that means. Um, so not only um, the virtual agent, but also you can have different blocks of content, different things. So if uh, the company has, um, put something out there, maybe it's, you know, November and it's time to start re-signing up for your benefits or something that might be happening or, hey, we're going to have a Halloween party or something. You can always feed that, give them that information. You can have it out there. There can be date ranges around it. So then it disappears off of the portal uh, and so forth. But just kind of having more, I would say it makes you feel like you have more hands-on or more in tune with what's going on. And I think that's where 
um, that user can connect and say, oh, wow, you know, this is something that we're doing and, and so forth. So, yeah. All right. Next one on the list is dynamic. Becky, sorry. I'm sorry, Kristen, I'm going to go to you and then I'll refer back to Becky. Since okay. I think Kristen, you're the one that brought the blog, right? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, all right. So dynamic, where, how does that play into making happy uh, user experiences? I think it's so important for people working tickets or managing teams that are working tickets to have real-time access to data. And that's where this dynamic component comes in. Instead of dealing with stale data that may be a, a day or two old, you're dealing with real-time information on your tickets, on what your agents are dealing with, and you're able to um, interface with your customers in real time as well. Yeah. Uh, Becky, um, any examples of where this was a major piece of a project? Well, again, I talk back to the portals and the context and where you can put different date ranges, but also this talks about field service management. So uh, a long time ago, I did some stuff with Dell as well, and they used field service management and you could dispatch different things, uh, you know, dynamically. So where a uh, field agent might be at. Um, or if something went down and they had like an SLA to be back up within four hours, where might they have to go get that part from? And is it there or not? And so forth. So a lot of different dynamics or different things that happen um, uh, can be pulled up that particular way. So there might be more at one particular warehouse and things might have to get moved around and so forth, but you can easily look and see and based upon different um, criteria, uh, select different, you know, a different skill set or a different user to go out to do something. Yeah. So you're dynamically bringing together all this content, aggregating it together, but then giving the user, empowering them to pull what they need real time, and then maybe reset yeah. back to their default look. And then again, they start drilling and looking around when they come back again. Uh, all right. Endearing. Um, Kristen, where does an endearing experience fit in? Yes, yeah, so obviously we don't wanna implement and have to re-implement a year or two down the line. Unfortunately, that is something we see a lot, but something we do here at Zintegra, even as far early or as early on in the process as uh, pre-sales, we do try to talk to customers about their long-term goals, where they're going as an organization, where they want to go so that we understand their long-term goals. And then when we're actually designing systems or even going back to the phasing situation, laying out the phases on their roadmap with them, uh, that we have an understanding of where they're going and we can design for that up front. So there's not a lot of refactoring down the line. Yeah. Uh, Becky, have you seen projects that got uh, went, went the wrong way, even though it felt like the right way at the time that had to be uh, massively overhauled later? I have a lot of times in consulting, you know, the customer's always right. We we try to talk to them and let them know, uh, obviously, of new things. But as Kristen mentioned, it is really good, even, even if they aren't sure of where they're going, but try to talk through what a roadmap might look like and where they want to be um, so that you can keep in mind and keep reiterating that to them. So if we did, you know, these things now and we waited, you know, we're, we know that this is going to happen in, you know, the Vancouver release or the next release or in two releases, it's something that's being talked about. There's more and more things that are happening. So let's see what happens from that, because you may 
be better off to wait just a little bit to deploy that particular piece because you're going to get so much more when they come out with it versus, you know, we could go ahead and configure and make that for you, but we already know ServiceNow is going to come out with it. So, you, you know, looking at overall um, for your money and for your budget, it might be better to do this and then put this onto the roadmap and do it in six months. So um, it's always good to talk through that um, consulting wise and kind of know where they're going. Again, it, it's just for us to help them as well, uh, because we don't want to have to, as Krista mentioned, you know, do something and pull it out and say, oh, well, ServiceNow did it this particular way uh, and so forth. You can do anything almost with the system. I've seen it uh, make mixed drinks before at Knowledge. Uh, I think, Kristen, you were there with me whenever we did that. Or we didn't do it, but we were in the room when we were doing something. So ServiceNow can really do a lot of different things and talk to a lot of different systems in order to do that. Um, the thing is just to really lay it out and try to help guide the customer in the best possible way that they need it. Sure. Yeah, the customer's always right, but they will always go the wrong direction if you let them. Correct. But it's our job not to let them if we know better. But sometimes we go the wrong path together. Then we have to do the best we can to help undo whatever the wrong was. Correct. And I've been on projects where we knew it was wrong and the customer knew it was wrong, but they had to fix an issue. And so they just knew, okay, we're just going to do this down and dirty right now. And then we'll come back and and plan to move it uh, again. Uh, but again, knowing that up front is better than, oh, gosh, here, here we go. And this is completely different than what we thought it was going to be. So, you know, I'm looking back at the title. It says five principles of great, what should say user experiences. But I think in a modern <laughs> application world, SaaS, for example, it's, it's, it's assumed that we're talking about users, isn't it? Pretty much. Yeah, that, that should be our goal. Well, uh, guys, thank you for joining. I'm glad we got to jump on today. Any uh, Anything going on in your world, Kristen, you'd want to talk about? Well, well, let's limit that a little bit. Uh, anything related to stuff <laughs> you'd like to talk about? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, heaven's sake. Um, I'm just coming back from vacation, so I'm still getting into the That's all right. Was it was <laughs> any of the books you read ServiceNow related, or you totally checked out on that? No, I did read a great one on project. Well, I'm in the middle of a great one on project management, though. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you strike me as one of those people that you don't work a day in your life because you love what you do. Exactly. 100%. Uh, yet another podcast over the weekend guy was talking about how like uh, John Rockefeller would never retired because he, he loved what he did. Why would he retire? What, what's the point? Uh, I'm sure his wife loved that. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> how about you? Anything going on in uh, the ServiceNow world that you want to highlight? Uh, not right now. Just okay. um, wanting to dig in. Hopefully our next podcast or in the next couple, we'll do something with AI. So I'd like to dig into that just a little bit more. Yeah. You guys, this AI thing, is that going to be for real? Yes, it is. <laughs> no it's doubt. already doing certain things, no doubt. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. I really do agree. You know, we've all had all these things come and go in our careers. I think this is, that's one that just, it, it, it's going to be big. It has to be big. Mm -hmm. It's uh, It's too relevant not to be big. And it's, it's changing the environment. It's changing the speed of, of how fast everything gets done. Things yeah. are just speeding up like crazy since the generative AI solutions came out. It's really interesting. So I'm also looking forward to next week. Becky, do you think it's making it faster and more accurate at the same time? 
in a way. In a way. Yeah. Kristen, what do you think? Faster and more accurate? Um, yeah, I'd say some accuracy, but not not quite to the level it needs to be, but it'll get there over time. Yeah, but it's got access to more data quicker than the human could ever have, right? Yes. There are yes. still estimations. <laughs> so in theory, you're you know, it's 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 gotta be more accurate, even though there are lots of things that gets wrong, no doubt. That's why you need it plus the human. It's just a tool. Exactly. It's a tool. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And that's the correct way to use it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Thank you for your time today. And uh, we'll do it again in two weeks. All right. Signing off. <laughs>